Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me, as usual, is Colin Mitchell. Hey. How you doing, Colin? I'm doing great. I like when I do the intros. Well, it's too bad. This is my show. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right. So, we have a football podcast for y'all, even though it is a bye week for North Texas. Uh, North Texas beat Rice last week. They did not have an opponent, opponent this week. It was their one bye week after playing nine straight weeks of football, which they admitted was very taxing. And next week, they go against Old Dominion, the two and seven Old Dominion the Monarchs. The great. Yeah, the, the, the great the Old Dominion. Old Dominion Monarchs that beat... Virginia Tech somehow, some way, a few weeks ago. Um, it's so it's not going to be too long of a podcast. We're not going to keep. We're not going to. There wasn't rambling a game to talk anything. about. So. Yeah, there's no game to talk about, which is what we, which is what we do. And yeah. So, but there there were games around Conference USA, Colin. Yes. That we knew to some talk compelling about. games. There were very interesting games, and I think the the biggest one to me was FAU FIU. Yes, and I completely agree. So go go th- go through that. So the, the so basics FAU we've talked about. We kind of thought wasn't really what they were last season. Yes, we thought that they were just kind of going to be a, a step down defensively and then offensively, kind of just being inconsistent. And um, FIU previous to the last night's game, they were four zero in conference and they led Conference USA East. Yes, and FAU took care of them, forty nine to fourteen, scoring twenty eight points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, to really just you know put a stamp on that w- they're they're back I guess yeah you, you could tell FAU you, is back yeah I watched the, <laughs> I watched a part of the first quarter before I watched the Alabama game yeah um and you could just kind of see the energy difference um from what I've seen from FAU on highlights to what I watched yesterday there was a huge hit in the first quarter where I was called targeting that was reversed mm-hmm. and you could tell from that moment it was just kind of like FAU is just coming to to beat the snot out of people um. <laughs> What's what's interesting about um, FAU's offense for this game though is that they only passed sixteen times total between yeah. two quarterbacks. Yeah, and, and they ran. They had two running backs for over one hundred and fifty yards. How much did Singletary carry? Singletary twenty seven carries for one hundred and eighty four yards and three touchdowns. And Kareth White Jr. I yeah. think that's how you say that. Yeah. Seventeen carries for one hundred and sixty five yards and one touchdown. And then you had one guy for seven. Did you say Singletary was one eighty four? Yes. Whew. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, and we know that they're a run heavy. They're a run heavy team. Uh, yeah, they have a young quarterback that isn't uh, very established, and that's why over the offseason there were you know those rumors of Jalen Hurts coming over. But we know that Devin Singletary is going to get the majority of the work, and it just kind of seemed like FIU wasn't really prepared for that. No, it wasn't even if they were prepared. It didn't work. Um, it just, it just didn't. It wasn't. It didn't work. And I'm pretty sure FIU was home, if I'm not mistaken. I'm almost positive. Um, I'm trying to remember from what I saw last night. I'm pretty sure FIU okay. was home. FIU so, was home. Yeah, FA, FIU was wearing their really nice navy blue jerseys. Give a shout out to that. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was one game that really caught my eye because it showed that F, FAU is kind of pissed off right now with the season they're having. And they're kind of just like rightfully so. They're two and three in yeah. conference. Yeah. So are they? They're still two and three. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Man. I don't know why I thought they were three and two now. Jesus. Yeah, that's it's tough. I mean, they had they had. Yeah, I know they lost to middle. They lost to middle. They lost to. 
Uh, Marshall and LaTeX. LaTeX, yeah, I remember the LaTeX one. Jeez. So, yeah, I, okay, so. so again, Lane Kiffin is going to come in to Denton in a few weeks, and it's going to be it's going to be a big bout. Well, actually, I don't think that they can even they can't even get Conference USA. Yeah, East. I yeah, mean, they can't. I'm just now. saying they're going to come in because oh, Lane yeah. Kiffin needs to try to prove a point. Yeah, he needs so to prove a point. So that we can still beat North Texas. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be kind of a lower magnitude game than it was last year, but. It'll probably be closer than it was last year, so that's the good news. Yes, hopefully. Another game that caught caught my eye, kind of because I follow a lot of UTSA people on Twitter, was uh, the UAB shellacking of UTSA. What a great game this was. God. Um, UAB gave UTSA no no chance at all. Um, just 52-3, to yeah. UAB. Um, 21 in the first quarter. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so... Uh, Actually, it looks like UAB didn't even play their starting quarterback, which is was oh yeah, Early did not play. Yeah, Early Jordan did not Weeks, play. I don't know who that is, but is that back quarterback? He played. Um, he had a fifty, basically, or less than fifty percent completion percentage, and they still Jeez. just destroyed them. Um, and I'm not really sure how because there were no offensive touchdowns. What do you mean? There were no offensive touchdowns by who? I'm confused. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was looking at the wrong side. Yes. There you uh, go. Colin. Sorry. Tyler, Tyler, everybody hit the soundboard. Yeah, Tyler this. Tyler Johnston is actually UAB's <laughs> passing uh, uh, passer. Uh, he was 10 for 17 for three touchdowns, sorry. And then they had four rushing touchdowns. Um, Spencer Brown, uh, 20 for 147 yards and on the two ground. touchdowns on the ground, yes. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so. Yeah. This is the great quality you get from the Bruni's Breakdown podcast The great, here. great, great yeah, consistency. I want to see you find another better podcast than this. <laughs> um, another better it was another yes exactly <laughs> um uav basically said did something that north texas has not been able to do i don't even think La tech's been able to do anything this impressive they've kind I'll of look. just been able to uab's just come out and just beat people that they're supposed to beat, and they've beaten them handily and that's what you get when you're a really good team yeah and, and, then, in a, and a very sound team. Yeah, just a really solid team across the board. They have a lot of veteran players there. They To win a game without your starting quarterback against any team like that, putting up 52 points is just... I mean, you could tell the defense just took it upon themselves and just took over. All of LaTeX's game has been within yeah. one possession. Yeah, so... Um, Except for UTSA. Do UAB and LaTeX play? They already played. They already played. UAB, UAB 128-7. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was the week before North Texas. Okay, no, yeah. They play Rice this week, so. Okay, yeah. So, again, UAB's just kind of solidified themselves as probably the best team in the conference. Yeah. Overall, I yeah. haven't seen too much of Middle Tennessee. Uh, they're 5-1 and one over there. And I know that their one loss was to FIU. So, I, so we'll see how. Yeah, we'll kind of see. They I have, mean, they're going to play in the championship, presumably, unless if FIU and them come in tied and then FIU gets the tiebreaker. You know. Yeah, but I mean, even even then, it's. I don't really see. I mean, they're five and one in conference. Yeah, well, they both have one loss. FIU in middle. Yeah, but Florida Atlantic has a uh, way tough. Oh, I guess FIU. Yes, F- I say FAU. You said FAU. FIU has a tougher schedule. Okay. Because they have Marshall in front okay. of them, and then all Middle Tennessee has in front of them is. Let me scroll down. Oh, just kidding. They have UAB, so this okay. could be so it could be interesting in okay. the East. Yeah, so that's going to be something to watch for because it's pretty much UAB. Um, it's going to be UAB against Middle or FIU for the conference championship. Yeah, game. so Middle Middle has UTEP and UAB left, and then uh, Florida 
International has Charlotte, UTSA, and Marshall left. Oh, that's uh, so. So we'll kind of see. We'll kind of yeah. see how that plays out. But yeah, we all care about the West, and there's yeah. absolutely zero chance unless UAB just all of a sudden just loses Collapses. everything. And I think UAB, whoever they play in the East, I mean, this is already looking way too far ahead, but whoever they play in the East in the conference championship game, they should be probably over seven point favorites. In yeah, game. yeah, UAB is a really sound team. I don't see them. They're, I mean, it's hard. It's, the way they play, it's hard for them to mm-hmm. even have any inconsistencies. Yeah. Um, lastly, or did you have anything else on? Oh, lastly, on the UTSA game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> on, yes. On Twitter, yes. I, I think we're talking about something different. I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. Okay. But it's hilarious to see all the UTSA people I follow on Twitter. Um, talking about firing Frank Wilson. I mean, the poor guy. I mean, yeah. they're just like, why hasn't Frank Wilson been fired yet? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't argue too much with it. I mean, it hasn't been, hasn't been very good. This we are, year. we are talking about two different things. I was talking about the Incarnate Word coach, head coach Eric Morris. Oh yeah, saying he That's... was like, he said, uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but it, basically it was, uh, I think we beat Sam Houston State pretty uh, soundly, and I think this is a team San Antonio can really get behind. Because uh, they need a team to get behind, right? <laughs> yeah, they need a great. Yeah, they need a great football team in this city. <laughs> so shots, like, shots. Like, well, the good news is because you know I'm from San Antonio, so I know all about this. Is that UIW and UTSA play next year? I believe. I believe next next season they start like a series, like a you know they're both in San Antonio. Why not just play? Yeah. And so I think they start a series next year. I um, believe it's the first to, game. Yeah, it might be. I have to go back and check. <laughs> That'd be so, crazy. So that'll be that'll be fun. I think UTSA will still win, but I mean, no. UIW is kind of on the incline on FCS, and UTSA is on the decline. Portland State, so North Texas, that w- two point I might have to drive back to San Antonio to watch. That <laughs> He's game. like, now this should put it in my mind. <laughs> um, exactly. Lastly, or another game I had the, only, the last game in the West this week was UTEP and Rice. Um, it was kind of oh uh, yeah. I don't know if ESPN still does the pillow fight of the week, but it was basically two of the top bottom, eh, two, probably two, two of, of the, the top bottom. Okay, two of the bottom five teams <laughs> in the country yes. meeting, and UTEP proved to everybody, for any doubters that were out there, <laughs> that they were not the worst team in the country. That they belong. They got their first win. What first a team. win in what is that? Twenty games since twenty sixteen is so, all I know. Yeah, it was, I think it was zero and twelve, and then zero and eight. So twenty games, boom, they're one and eight this year. Come at UTEP, that new coaching staff, Mike Canales, and all of them. What a great coach! Yeah, I know he just. Hey, he led us to one win too. Oh man, I believe it was against <laughs> UTEP. Consistency. It was against UTEP. I, I, I wasn't here. It was great because after they won the game, they brought a chain out onto the field. Yeah, I remember the picture. Yeah. I remember the picture. There's the big his chain. He's getting carried off, and it, what a great guy. And then in the press conference, so he's like, "They you just have won the Super Bowl." Rice score up. Yes, Go Utep ahead, Rice, thirty-four twenty-six. Um, Utep scored twenty points in the second quarter, so they were up a lot going into the fourth. Uh, Rice kind of made it close or competitive, I guess, scoring mm-hmm. sixteen points. Um, Box score wise, Kai Loxley. Yeah, that's the quarterback that was supposed to play supposed against North to start. Texas, but he didn't play, and so right. that's why that Mets. Got and uh, thirteen for twenty-one for one interception. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up. Thumbs up for you, <laughs> Thumbs up. Qu- qu- I don't say his name. Quadres. Quadres Wadley. Okay, Quadres Wadley. Twenty carries for ninety-one yards and two touchdowns. Thumbs up. And thumbs up. Trayvon yep. Hughes. Twelve carries for seventy-six yards and a touchdown. Rice did Rice things. And uh, we'll just kind of leave it at that. We'll just leave it at they that. They rushed for eight. They ru- their leading rusher had 10 carries for 18 yards. So it's a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> uh, um, 
Who started at quarterback for Rice? Wiley Green. Okay, so so the same guy. Same guy. So and how, they, how they switched him out after. Uh, I guess they kind of realized that they just need to play the younger guy. Yeah. So uh, he was 17 for 32 for two touchdowns and two right, Good for him. 313 good. yards, by the way. For Damn. Yeah. Just airing it out. All right. Okay. So I think that's all we needed on Conference USA. Yeah, I don't think Unless you had else. something in the East. There's no reason to care I'm about the East. I'm pretty sure they were blowouts um, when I glanced through them. Um, Old Dominion was on a bye. Old Dominion was on a bye. That, that'll get us into our Old Dominion preview. Because Great. Old Dominion... As we mentioned at the at the top of the show, Old Dominion is now two and seven. Again, and beating five. the great Virginia Tech. Again, yes, they are one and five in conference. Their one win came over Western Kentucky, who is one and eight and zero oh and five in conference. That was in a thrilling fashion too. Oh yes, it was. Uh, for those of you who don't know, go back and just Google it because I'm not gonna be able to explain it. I don't think anyone can explain what happened what, at the yeah. end of that game. It was basically a field goal made. Or okay, they had a. I'm gonna do this wrong. Western had a field goal to win the game penalty or they make it but there was a penalty then they go back they kick it again and it was returned some something like that it was returned it was short and returned yeah it was short like by and returned by ODU down to like their 20 and they ended up kicking the field goal to win the game but not but the clock had run out on the return but there was a penalty so they had one untimed down and they kicked the field goal, field goal to win the game <laughs> just go look it up it just was go look crazy. It. Yeah, it was amazing. So, anyways, um, that was the, that was their other win of the year. So, uh, I think the only way to do this ODU preview justice is to talk about their game the week before. Yes, they played middle. Yes, uh, fifty-one to seventeen in a big L. Who won? Oh, it was a big L. Big go. L. No yeah. way, was, ODU. You won said, all you said was fifty-one seventeen. I thought you. I thought I you know. I knew. I knew. But okay. our audience, okay, okay. might okay. not have known. Sorry, I'm just looking Sorry. out for them. Sorry. Apparently, the greatest. Uh, Quarterback in Conference USA, according to some people on Twitter, Brent Stockstill threw for 25, uh, or threw 32 passes for 25, 25 completions for 280 yards and two touchdowns. And they had a running back, Terrell West, uh, mm-hmm. 13 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I went back and watched the highlights, and it kind of just looked like, you know, it kind of looked like similar to UAB Rice when we watched the highlights of that yeah. game, when UAB just kept scoring Big like plays. long touchdowns and just like breaking tackles. And it kind of looked the exact same thing because. Middle Tennessee just would go like on a five yard slant, break a tackle, and be gone. A six yard run, break a tackle, be gone. It's like uh, when you get to the bad teams in college football, you notice a big disparity in tackling. Yeah. Like that's a, probably the biggest thing you notice. And I think North Texas fans can even uh, attest they to remember. that. They remember. Yeah. <laughs> two, two years ago, you have, even though they were five and nine and everything, five and eight, that team was struggled just tackling. And yeah. so now you see this year's team, and there's a lot better tackling just on the field. I think that's a basic thing that people take for granted, but it's like basically something that I use at least for a barometer between really, or at least good teams and bad, bad teams. Yeah, I agree. So that was something I, I saw on the highlights. I the, agree. And the uh, two weeks ago was the Western Kentucky win, so they're coming off of a win. Well, no, no, okay. The they're coming off. Two weeks ago. They're coming off of a loss. Okay. So two weeks ago, they beat. Western last week they beat ODU. This week they're on a bye along with North Texas, and now they're gonna play. Yep, to get beat again. <laughs> yeah, pr- probably. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna presume it yet. We don't don't want to spoil our predictions, Colin. Sorry. Come on, Radio One Hundred and One. <laughs> um, so this is a podcast. The uh, true. So the quarterback <laughs> for Old Dominion. Let's get into the the nitty gritty. Is Blake Larusa, and yes. honestly. This is a pass-heavy offense. Okay, when you look at their when you look at their numbers, I think they have double the amount of first downs passing than they do running. And Blake Larusa is kind of like the heart of that. Yeah. At quarterback, obviously, with 
and he's honestly has really good numbers when you look at it. I mean, he's completed 65% of his passes, which is Mason Fine numbers. Yeah. 14 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. That could be better. Not Mason Fine numbers, but you know what I mean. That's not it's not terrible. 2,200 yards. Yeah, 2,200 yards. Again, this is a pass-heavy offense. They're going to throw the ball a lot. And even though they didn't, they don't score a ton, I think they average, I think it was around 20, high 20s per game. And they scored 17 against middle despite throwing for like 330 yards. It's still an offense that can move the ball. They can move the ball. They might not score, but they can move the ball through the air pretty efficiently. Yeah. Um, on the ground, it's kind of a different story, but they try to run the ball. They try. Well, uh, they're running back against middle at 17 carries for 100. Kashawn Strong. Yes. Yeah. 17 carries for how much? 108. Yeah. So, so again, this offense was like it's weird looking back at that box score because we I saw the highlights, I read the box score, but they were able to move the ball against against middle but they just couldn't really score yeah so you end up with 17 points well they had that they had that 100 yard interception yeah exactly in the end zone that's that's true that's that's very true that was a blunder if i've ever seen one big sadness yeah so um again because sean strong at running back 4.6 yards of carry on the season which isn't bad seven touchdowns and then i but the receivers are the ones that Coming into the season, everyone was like, oh, you know, Old Dominion's offense is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. That's why when they lost to Liberty first game of the year, 52-10, to 10, it was like, how? Well, I kind of thought Liberty was, like, really good when that happened. So I was like, whoa, okay. But then it ended up yeah, being okay. So the receiving corpse is why I think a lot of people thought that. Because when you have Duhart and Fulgham. Fulgham yeah, I, I don't know how to say Fulgham, that. But Travis yeah. Fulgham. I'm going to say Fulgham. I like so that. So, Duhart and Fulgham on the outsides, I mean, that's pretty potent receivers. Even though they are not, they might not be super polished or anything like that, they're still very capable receivers. Yeah, they can beat you over the top. Yeah, and Duhart is averaging 14.6 yards per reception, 7 touchdowns, 58 receptions. I mean, that's, that's a stat line in itself. And then you get Fulgham, who's averaging 17.1 yards per reception with 47 um, rec- catches on the year. And I don't, I don't, I was just looking at it. Fulgham, um, Fulgham stats from Middle Tennessee. Yeah, 10, 10 receptions for 215 yards and a touchdown. Jesus. So, exactly. So, again, they're able to move the ball and through the air. And his long was only 62. So. so, yeah, so they're able to move the ball through the air pretty effectively with these guys on the outside. They're going to throw the ball a lot. I think they're, North Texas is going to be able to pick some passes off. I agree. Uh, but, I mean, they're going to be able to move the ball. And so North Texas, it's very different from what they faced two weeks ago or what will be two weeks ago uh, in Rice, which was an I-formation run straight up. Yep. Uh, and going to this, which is kind of more, definitely more through the air. So that's going to be something to keep your eye on. And I think Taylor Robinson didn't play last week. He'll be back. He should be back, apparently, uh, from my sources. Um, <laughs> but so you'll have the whole secondary intact. The... Defensive line, I'm not sure about the status of Ulausi Tawalo, but... No no answers on any of that. What about Nick Smith? No. Um, they said I had to ask Latrell, so I'll be asking Latrell on Tuesday. So, um, But yeah, anything else you got on Old Dominion? Any concerns people should have? I think, I think the 51-7... I think every blowout loss can might be a little bit deceiving, and I, and I say that because... They still beat Virginia Tech, so we know this team is capable of beating talent. Yeah. Um, and the way North Texas has not been really convincing us with their wins, I feel like this this game could be a little bit closer than we'd feel comfortable. Let me look at the line. 
Okay, yeah, let's, 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 let's see the line. If it's up already. But, um, but I mean, but I mean, I mean, you beat, you lose 51, I mean, let me go through the scores for the whole season. So you, you have uh, FIU 28-20, they lost. Uh, Charlotte 28-25, they lost. FAU 52-33, but FAU has a good offense. Marshall 42-20, and then obviously that went over WKU. So they have a couple close games against conference um, rivals, and they also have blowouts. So what's the line? It's not updated yet. Oh, sad. Yeah, um, it's all the stuff from yesterday still, but the um, yeah, I it, it I feel like it's a game that I just I'll be surprised if it's close. But you, but see, we've we've said that about every game, and that Rice game scared us. I'm trying to okay, I'm trying to figure out how to word this because I feel like if North Texas plays bad, they're gonna play horrible, I agree. and like Old Dominion is gonna come out and like score like points. Like score, <laughs> like score, like score legitimate points, not not UTEP oh, points. Okay. Uh, but all they have, to, all North Texas has to do is play solid, and yeah. they'll be okay. I just, I think a lot of people, and let us, I mean, I think a lot of people fear that North Texas. What I mean, just what we've seen from North Texas up to this point, is that are they going to play well enough to? Shut shut down Old Dominion like right to, from the to jump. get that blowout yeah. win that we're all we've you, all been waiting in for order to season. get a blowout win. I don't consider Southern Miss a blowout win. I, I agree. Don't, I don't consider Rice a blowout win. I agree. In order to get a blowout win, you have to be leading in the first half by probably two to three touchdowns. Like yeah, you have to be convincingly winning the game throughout the whole game, and they haven't had that in conference play yet. Will this be the performance they need to do that? I can't tell you because. The offense of Old Dominion, on paper, looks better than the offense of Rice and UTEP. Yeah. The defense, I mean, looks just as bad as UTEP and Rice. I mean, so you, it's different play styles, obviously, but I just feel like this has really bad bust potential. But I feel like the bust potential is pretty small. I agree. Um, and to put this put this whole like blowout thing into perspective, we talked about this last week is where we felt like Mason has kind of had to bail out the offense every single game. Yes. And um, UAB was up two touchdowns against their win over Rice, and North Texas was tied at half, 17-17. Into the third almost, almost at the end of the Yeah, third. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, against UTEP, UAB only beat UTEP 19-0, but they were up 10 in the first quarter. Yeah. So um, this team needs a convincing win. I agree. It would just take a lot of pressure off people if they beat the hell out of Old Dominion. It would yeah. just be nice for the fans. It would be nice for them to like be like, oh, we, we can, can do this. Yeah, we <laughs> can actually beat teams we're supposed to be. Because after this, it's still easy. Like, yeah, you still it, have, um, I'm sorry, you still have UTSA on the schedule on the road. So that's another road game that is going to be, theoretically, should be easy. So it just gives you confidence going into that FAU game at home, which you have to win. Mm-hmm. To kind of, I don't want to say to stay face on the season, but kind of just you know make the season feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. If you beat FAU and UTSA, we talked about this last week. If you beat FAU and UTSA and Old Dominion, you're looking at a ten and two season, and you're like, that's great. You know, we didn't win conference, so what? I mean, you go ten and two, you beat with wins over FAU, Arkansas, Liberty, um, SMU, and you're like, that's a great season. So yeah. This is a big game, I think, in terms of getting that momentum they need going into the FAU game I agree. at home. Um, predictions, Colin. Okay, so I've click, said blowout over Rice. I've said blowout over 
Um, we have. I'm I think I said one over UAB for some reason. Mm-hmm. I've said a lot of blowouts, so this time I'm not going to go with a blowout. Okay. I'm going to say, give me 40 to 33 UNT. Yeah, I already had it written down. 40 to 33. Yep. So this is good. This is good. Collins predicting a close game. That means North Texas will definitely blow them out. That's good. That's the that's that's the hope, right? That is I think that's what we're doing here. So everyone get their their energy over here. Um, cheer, cheer now. Uh, this is tough. I like your score. I do. I think I th- I think ODU comes out hot. It's then... just so hard for me. It's just so hard for me to imagine this defense, which we have seen shut down every team they've played so far. Yeah, they have. Give up 33 points, but then I'm like, I'm like, you know, UTS, UTEP had a chance to win the game at the end. You but, know, but Rice was putting move the ball on their first possession, super easy. I mean, there are times where the defense doesn't look great, but I think they've been obviously better. So I'm gonna stick with that hope. I'm gonna stick with the defense doing enough so that the offense doesn't have to be perfect because that's kind of what the season's been, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm going to go North Texas, 41. Okay. Old Dominion. Man. Old Dominion, 20. Okay. And and, and just put that, put your, they haven't scored on North Texas at all. I mean, they haven't had a game go over 30 points against them, so. Yeah. So we'll I mean, see. But, I mean, again, like we said, there is a chance that this team comes out kind of flat. Yeah, we've seen it happen before. I mean, we've—it's not—it's kind of the norm at this point for this team to come out a little flat on a game they're supposed to win by a lot. So, I mean, I think thirty-three points isn't isn't an exaggeration at all. I no. think with this offense, I could see ODU getting you know two quick touchdowns, putting up fourteen points in the first quarter, and then you only have to score nineteen points from there. I think, I think North Texas gets scared, and they have to come back. I think that early. So ODU ODU will take a lead. You're I think I think ODU scares them early, and they're like, "Oh crap!" And we'll take a lead. And we'll take a lead. Okay. It'll be <sighs> an early lead. It's not going to be a late, like a first or second. It's going to be like a first or second quarter lead. Um, no, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay. This defense will play well enough. Early, okay. But it's, 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 I can't say that too confidently right now. Not because of the defense, just because I don't know if the offense is going to do enough to, to I put the game away. So I we'll agree. see. Um. What do we have next, Colin? What's what's on the agenda? We got we got our over under predictions, and this is not game over unders. Oh, this is individual player over unders. Well, it can be kind of easy, it can or be or anything that we want it to be. Did you prepare for this, Colin? I, I've thought of a few things in my head. Okay, well then you go first. You want me to go first? I do. Okay, Mason Fine over under forty four hundred yards. Let me write these down so we have these on record. Okay, makes life a lot easier when we look back and laugh at ourselves, <laughs> which we have done actually. Oh, so. we, we do quite often. Over, under. All right, other page. All right, what was it? Mason Fine. Over under, forty three hundred yards. How much is he at right now? Give context to the reading. He has twenty nine hundred yards. And there's going to be one, two, three, four games. Are we left. including? We are including bowl game. I'm including. I'm including everything. everything. Yeah. So yeah. that's so it's four games left. So fourteen hundred yards in four games. Yes. He's at 29 right now, 2,900? Yes. yes. So, yes, 1,400 yards in four games. That's 250 yards per game. Yes. No, no, it's not. No, wait, no. It's, that's uh, 350 yards, yards per game. Yeah. Do you want to revise that, Colin? Let me just let me just go through my phone real fast and make sure that I, like, pull up a calculator Yeah, pulling up the calculator real fast. It's 350 yards. 
to get to 1,400 yards, 1,400 divided by four is 350 yards, Colin. This is riveting. Shut up. Riveting <laughs> podcasting right here. Um, are you, do you want to revise I'm, set, I'm setting the over-under at that. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to say under pretty significantly. Because okay. last season he had 42-something, if I'm correct. Under. Colin, what are you saying? I'm saying under. But I figured, but I figured I, I'm saying that because that was kind of the benchmark preseason. We said that he could possibly That's get. That's true. Well, to, somebody asked us if he was going to pass for 4,500 right. yards. And we, and we said that it was, I think we both said that he could could get to 4,400, I think is what we both said. Yeah. And he's had a really efficient season as we've gone through a couple weeks ago. But He just had too many, like, 280-yard games. Not not enough 400-yard games. Not enough 400-yard games. Come on, games. Mason. you got to compensate for that. <laughs> so we're both saying under. Yep. There. Okay. <laughs> okay, your turn. It's kind of mean. All right, so there are four games left. Over under. <laughs> over under three. No, okay, I'll say. Over under two point five more bad Jalen Guyton drops. Oh. So they got. They got FAU left, and they got. It doesn't matter their opponent with Jalen though. Th- uh, that's fair. I'm, Some of the drops have been really bad. And over, this isn't under. like a. This isn't like a contestant one. This is like. Like Arkansas like, in the end zone. This or is like, like the sideline. Last just, last week he had a bad drop. Uh, this is like through the hands against UTEP. Bowl game. All all bowl games count for like all games count for this. Yeah, these last four games over under two point five bad drops. Over. Bad. I can't spell. Bad J G drops. Okay, Colin says over. Yep. Damn, that'll be a, that'll be sad. I'm gonna say under. Okay, you got confidence. <sighs> because. I'm, in the last few games, he hasn't been like no super targeted, and I'm just like if his if his targets kind of go down a little bit, like they have been, all he has to do is catch like four balls, three balls. Like it's not like we're asking him to catch five, six, seven balls a game. He's not he's not what he was last year as far as targets goes. If he can't catch three balls a game, then. Have we really fallen that far with Jalen Guyton? <laughs> like, that's really a concern. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's a super talented guy. Yeah. We know what he can do. I'm just, I'm basing, I'm basing my prediction off of what have I, what have you done for me lately? And that's what he's done for us lately. We're going to keep track of this. We'll see. We'll come back okay. to this. All right. All right. Um, my turn? Yes, your turn. Okay. DeAndre Torrey has been scoring a lot. Yes. Over, under... Seven more touchdowns for the season. Let me write this down. Do you, do you want to put a point five on that somewhere? Sure, 7.5. Okay. 7.5 more touchdowns. Oh, man. And this includes receiving? Oh, sorry. Just do rushing touchdowns. We'll just do rushing touchdowns. Because he had He three. only has one or two receiving, no. right? How oh, he one or two receiving. Receiving. Yes. Three, he had oh, yeah. He's had three, three rushing touchdown games. Yeah. But then he's had games where he doesn't have any. Uh, I have to check the health of Nick Smith. But assuming Nick Smith is healthy, which I think he is, um, I'm going to say seven touch, 7.5 touchdowns in four games. And DeAndre Torrey will start. We'll get probably about 15 to 20 carries a game. If we get the goal line carries, I'll be fine. You know, they have UTSA and, and ODU. I think that's going to be five touchdowns right there for him. So okay. all he has to do is get three touchdowns in FAU and a bowl game. Which the bowl the bowl opponent's not going to be an easy opponent. Oh, man, it's tough. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under. Okay, I'm going to say... Because he'd have to go off in those two easy games, I think, to get it. 
Man, that is tough, huh? I yeah. think so. Nick, even with Nick Smith healthy, he gets all the the basically within ten. He gets yards. the goal line carries. Yeah, he gets all the goal sure. line carries. I'm about to go under two. That's tough though, because I could definitely see him getting nine. Yeah, I could see him getting a lot. Yeah. So, all right. One more. Let's do one more. Okay, it's your turn. Do one more. Unless you have an extra one. If I think of an if extra think one. one. Okay. Yeah. Over under. <laughs> okay, hold on. You trying to trying to trying to think of a way to no, word this. No, because I had something, but I wasn't gonna go with. I'm not gonna go with it. So I'm gonna change it last minute. I'm gonna say, over under. <laughs> over under two point five. Starts for Jordy Murray, left tackle. Ooh, that's big. I like that one. So he got replaced. The beginning of the last game with Brammer, right? Brammer, yes. Brammer, sorry. I always get the name mixed up. Yes, Ooh. but, I mean, word from, you know, you know the people I talk to. Right, right. Um, is Rings that it's still, it's still a very, very, you know, competitive spot. They haven't, I don't, I don't think they are settling on one person. So. These are starts, right? Starts. 2.5 starts. Give me under. Under 2.5 starts. Under 2.5 starts. So. Two or one. Okay. Colin says under. And Gabe Brooks, um, Colin, hold on, write it down. Is a big advocate for Jordan Murray, just saying that he's better than Jacob Brammer. <laughs> so I don't know how big of an advocate that is, but it's like, hey, he's better than Jacob Brammer. So <laughs> you get people, um, you talk to people, and you're like, you know, Jordan Murray's not good for a senior, but he might still be better than Brammer. So. Well, and sure, but I don't think it's enough to really say like, oh, we shouldn't play this guy to get more experience. I think I think you see maybe I think, he'll. St- I, I think Brammer starts against ODU, and I think he starts against uh, UTSA. UTSA. Interesting. Yeah, and that would put him under. Yep. Okay. Um, are you you got one? No, I'm good. All right, let's let's do it. What do we have? About thirty five minutes or so. Uh, what was the last thing? Oh, last thing is a big thing. Good. Oh, this is big, guys. Glad we finished. Uh, glad we finished that up. Save the best for last. So, in case you didn't know, hold on. Let me pull up the story real quick. While I, while I can I can I can I preface the story? Yeah, you can uh, set the table for me. Set the Colin. table. Okay. So as we know, Seth Luttrell has been very successful here in his time at North Texas and has turned this program completely around in a 180 degree direction. But some say like the student newspaper here at North Texas, which I used to work for, <laughs> said that Latrell is not capable of being a Power 5 head coach. Uh, it's true. They did, see, they did say that. There's a whole column on it if you There's, want to read the, it. That's, that's, that's exactly... I mean, I'm not... I'm not I grabbed, I grabbed a, the, the paper, actually, to frame it. <laughs> I, I do. I have one at my house. To frame it? Yes. I'm you get to frame it next to the paper that says... Latrell goes to Oklahoma yes, in ten exactly. years. Exactly. <laughs> no, and sooner than two ten years, I'll tell you that. Um, okay, so we say all of this. Hold that hope, Bernie. We say all of this, not to talk about that column, whatever you know, it's a column. Uh, but there was a report that came out a few. Uh, what was this? Four days ago, three or four days ago. That Seth Latrell um, suitors has actually increased, and. This is a rumor, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's nothing set in stone. You, we all know how old Bill Snyder is from Kansas State. He, the man is 79 years old. He's old. He's old. If you've seen him before, he looks older. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, most of the talk is around two people, um, Brett Venables and Jim Leavitt, 
who are huge offense defense coordinators at Clemson and Oregon. So those are the two guys that they think is going to replace are going to replace Bill Snyder, if, assuming he retires after this year, which is the assumption. Uh, but a rumor is that Latrell's agent, and this is here. Let me say who the story was written by. By Tim Fitzgerald of Twenty Four Seven Sports. So he says. Rumors are spreading that Latrell's quote-unquote agent has been in Manhattan recently. That's where Kansas State is. But go PowerCat, that's the 24-7 site for um, Kansas State, checked with a source with knowledge of Latrell's representation and was told that no one from Latrell's camp has been in Manhattan on behalf of Latrell. So he might have been there, but he wasn't on behalf of Latrell. Another source close to Latrell told Go PowerCat that it's like that it's likely Luttrell will sit tight at North Texas for the immediate future, which could be an indication he is eyeing the Oklahoma job in case that Lincoln Riley is indeed hired by an NFL franchise. Big. There, there is a lot to unpack in that. So, man. I think, I think the, big, the biggest thing is going from North Texas to Oklahoma. Holding out for that, I think. I think. Okay, that's. I think that's the the big thing. That's the headline, right? Out of all this, is that we've heard a lot of talk about Lincoln Riley going to Cleveland, right? You know, Coach Baker Mayfield, all that stuff. That is a possibility. Okay, and (laughs) it if that happens, we've all heard about Seth Luttrell's shortlist. We've all heard about yeah, Texas Tech, Oklahoma. um, There's there's other teams. There's like two more teams. Yes, I forgot what they were. Um, but there, teams like that are on there. And so without a doubt, if Oklahoma comes to him, he'll probably interview for it. He'll probably do whatever for it. But if Oklahoma offers him that, he's going to be gone. That's the first thing. Uh, but obviously there's a lot before we even get to that. You right. Know, if the Lincoln would have to take the job. A lot of things would have uh, to go right. Seth would have to beat out two huge defensive coordinators for that job, like two, a Clemson defensive coordinator for well, that job. Well, are we talking about Kansas State or Oklahoma? Oh, that's for Kansas State. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Oklahoma. But yeah. Oklahoma will have candidates as well. No, yeah, right. no worries about that. Um, so there's a lot to go before that. But that's probably the, the main thing that you want to take away from that is that, you know, Latrell – We've known that Latrell is not going to leave for Kansas, who just fired their coach. He's not right. going to leave for a bad program like Scott Frost did. Sorry, Scott Frost. <laughs> um, <laughs> or Chad Morris. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, Seth wants to get a job at a really good school with a really high ceiling. And so Oklahoma is exactly that. I mean, if you know anything about college football. So that – it. It's interesting if he considers Kansas State to be that, though. Well, I think they are. I think Kansas State's ceiling is extremely high. I mean, Kansas State is definitely has – they're not Oklahoma high, and if Lincoln Riley gets fired, I don't think he's going to – obviously, this is all off-season stuff we'll have to look at again. Yeah, this, this Once is, Snyder retires and if – Lincoln like, Riley goes if to the they both, Yeah, so if they're both gone, then we'll have something to talk about. But – it just it just shows me that teams that I wasn't expecting teams that already have candidates like a Clemson defensive coordinator are looking at Seth Luttrell now, so he's on that level kind of. That's kind of the thing I'm taking away from this is that right programs are looking at Seth Luttrell Seth, like Seth is a is a big name it's coaching growing. candidate. Yeah, it's growing, growing, and I mean he we've talked about his agent before the agent that he signed or that he's with um, is a big time guy. I mean so. He, just his presence in Manhattan made made a story, right? right? So it's kind of just 
it's interesting to me that Seth Latrell and, is, is and this headline for this story wasn't Kansas State looking at two offensive defensive coordinators and Seth Latrell was mentioned. The story was about Seth Latrell rumors to Kansas State, so it's not like he wasn't the headline of the story because he was. Yeah. Um, so those are, I mean, that's that's everything that I mean. That article goes on to talk about Bill Snyder possibly retiring in a couple weeks, um, or you know, after the season. Kansas State has been a bad, has been a bad, has been bad this season. Bryce English is from Kansas State. Yes. I love Bryce English, but <laughs> Kansas State has been bad this season. I think they're 2-7 and seven on the year, 2-8 and eight on the year, something around there. Uh, so, I mean, it's not a program that is you would say that's on the incline or anything like that, like an Oklahoma or anything like that. But it is something that I think Seth will think about because that's a huge job. Like I don't know, but see, I don't. I don't really think of Kansas State as that much better than North Texas. Sure, they're in the Big Twelve. No, they're better than North Texas. I, I was. I thought you were gonna say Nebraska because no. Scott Frost went well, to Nebraska and Nebraska's terrible. Right, right now. but 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 still, Seth though, doesn't want that to happen to him. So right. I don't know if Lincoln Riley doesn't leave. Let's say, and K State's the only team that comes and offers him. That'll be kind of tough. Then I think for him to but, go. But but if you look at. All of their past seasons, say like the last Kansas State three, Kansas State. Uh-huh. They so we'll start in twenty sixteen, which was their last good season. So oh, it's only two years ago. Right. I mean, yeah, when this team is good, I mean I I don't know if you're looking at all their records over I, the last I 10 am. Years. I'm just saying I'm just saying I, right now, I would I wouldn't like you said, Seth's not gonna want to leave for a program that's I'm saying right now. The North thing, Texas would beat Kansas State. I get, I get the ceiling part, but I don't perhaps. think Seth wants to go on another rebuilding thing where he has to find a good quarterback. He has to recruit all these players. He has to go through all that again because it, okay. he has that. He, but he has he that can, foundation. But if here. he can do what he did at North Texas, like on the Conference USA level, obviously, right, the Group of right. Five level, to become one of the worst teams in Group of Five to one of the best teams in Group of Five, um, I think the goal for him, obviously, when he gets to Kansas State, is that, you know, become one of the worst teams in the Big 12 to one of the best, which is very possible with Kansas State. Like, Bill Snyder has done it before. Um, I don't know how many, I mean, how many eight-win seasons do they have over the last, like, ten years? Okay, so 2008, they had, hey, they beat North Texas in 2008, 45-6. <laughs> <to> <laughs> oh, we've come full circle. Uh, they did not have a winning season in 2008. 2009, they had one, two, three, four, five, six wins. 2010, Here, seven wins. Count that. Count count it up because six, seven, and four so far. Those okay. So, so keep keep counting. Keep counting. The um, I'm just saying the point that I'm trying to make is that it's there's especially after after next year, I think if Oklahoma is still not open or his short list is teams are still not open, he's definitely going to take a job like Kansas State. But if if Lincoln Riley is obviously gone this year, then I think he just – he's he's waiting for that job, man. And we don't know about Cliff Kingsbury. He, um, I believe – I'm trying to think. I think they won again. I was watching part of that game. I don't remember it. But, I mean, that's obviously another job. So there's there's jobs out there that he wants to take. And I think it's just big that in this story they mention him along the lines of the Clemson defense coordinator and guys like that. Right. So, I mean, that's five kind of the big seasons. thing. So six, six, sorry. Five, six winning seasons out of the last ten? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, it's not it's not terrible. No, and that's with wins over 
ranked yeah you know you know yeah Yeah, so i mean well we don't have to debate that the upside at kent state's bigger than right no yeah i completely agree i'm I'm talking about just the state of both programs now obviously if he wants to go to oklahoma that's the dream Obviously, yeah, if it's yeah, Texas Tech, that's of the course. dream because those two teams are usually never really bad. But but do you think after this season, if he's able to kind of get a championship here for say one last season, next Texas, season, next season, okay, yes, last season, would he would he would he take the the Kansas State job, leaving Mason, leaving everything he's well, kind after of built? Next year, Mason will be on. Right, I, I know. That's what I'm saying. Next saying next season, this is last year, but I'm talking about this year. Yes, okay. I'm saying would he would he give up next year for having to rebuild at Kansas State? I think almost any job you go to, like obviously Oklahoma's a dream scenario, but any job you go to, you're gonna have to rebuild. But I think it's point. a different type of rebuild. Kansas State is not as bad as Nebraska. Like it's I know, not, it's not I, a, it's not a. I agree that. I mean, they have a win over Oklahoma State. They have a. Yeah, it's not like you're at the very bottom. No, I'm not saying they're at the very bottom, but it's it's. You're you're in a competitive conference where you're not gonna get recruits better than Texas or anything like that. I mean, it's it's gonna take it's not gonna be able to turn this team around in three years. Is what I'm saying. And okay. we, we both know that Seth does not want to leave some place that he has called home and like I mean considers home right now for something where he has to completely you know one eighty the program like he did here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, um, I think it's a good conversation to have. I think that we will have revisit this definitely once Lincoln Riley makes a decision, once Bill Snyder makes a decision. Once we hear other rumors similar yeah. to this, there's going to be more rumors. Oh, there's definitely going to be a lot more rumors. So we will come back and visit this once those happen. But this was a good uh, thing to look at, I think, for sure. I agree. All right. Anything else calling on football? No, I Are think. Are you ready the... for this to come back and for North Texas to hopefully actually put together an impressive I want to see it. All right. Let's see. I want to we'll see it. We'll see it. see it. We'll see it on Saturday. Saturday at Old Dominion. I'm not sure what time it is. Three, I believe. Three o'clock. All right, oh, uh, Mason might, Fine. Will, Eastern, Mason but. Fine will also be breaking the all-time passing record. He's about was it 14 yards away, something like that. Yeah, one pass, he'll be there. So give him a standing ovation in your home. Let's make it to Jalen Guyton. Uh, everyone, go buy your Mason Fine jerseys, and uh, let's let's give this guy a ovation when he comes back to FAU because that's a that's a big accomplishment. So, all right, we are going to do the bo- the basketball podcast probably in like in about 15 minutes. Yeah, so. If you are watching the stream, stay tuned. We, we will go offline for a little bit and then come back in about 15 minutes. If you are listening on SoundCloud, we thank you very much. Go ahead and click um, click that basketball podcast now and go give it a listen because it starts yeah. in about two days. I'm the excited. basketball season is here. I'm excited. And so we'll be talking about all that, all that good stuff. So if you are listening on SoundCloud, thank you for listening. Give us a follow. And if you are listening watching or listening on twitch stay tuned and thank you for joining us so for colin mitchell and myself matthew rooney hope you have a great week we'll talk to you next week